0: and good morning again it's uh, as has been said multiple times it's good to be together and i'm glad to be able to be together in this way as it's what we've got right now yesterday morning just need to let you know that alex cosned passed away his passing was not unexpected Uh, he had been um, suffering through an illness for a good bit of time and so uh, wanted you to know that so that you can pray and care for and love on uh, Nadia. We grieve with her, but we also celebrate with her and rejoice with her in the hope that we have of a life beyond these bodies because of the resurrection of Jesus. We are not a people without hope, and so we have reason even in death to rejoice. Let's pray. God, bring your kindness to Nadia and to Nadia and Alex's children uh, today, this morning, in the days and weeks ahead. Have mercy upon them, Uh, comfort them, reassure them of uh, the life of resurrection in Jesus that awaits those of us who live in him. As we turn to your word together now today, we ask that you would help us to be people who have eyes that are wide open, that are hungry for your truth and your grace. We ask that you would make our hearts into good and fertile soil to receive your word and that you would grow in us through that, things that are pleasing to you and that bring us joy. I pray and ask that as my words are true to your word, that they be taken to heart. If my words stray or deviate in any way from your word, may they be quickly forgotten we pray in Jesus, amen. So what are the values? What, do you, what are the values that define us? What are the values that shape us? What are the values that describe us? What are the values that guide us as individuals, as a community, as a nation, as a congregation? What are the values that lay the foundation for who we are last Sunday morning we began a seven week series looking at the newly articulated values that we have embraced as a congregation because it's important that we understand these because if they're only on paper if they're only on a website if they're only written down in our literature somewhere if they're only on a shelf then they really don't help us, they really don't shape us, they really don't guide us. But if we understand them, if we really understand them, then we also understand who we are, who God is calling us to be. We really understand the fullness of the life to which and into which God is calling us in Jesus Which is one way of describing what Jesus called, referred to, and taught about as the kingdom of God or the reign of God in one's life and in the world. And so here again are our values along with their prologue. We read them together last Sunday morning. Let's do that again now out loud where you're at, at home, whether you're by yourself or with others let's go ahead i dare you i encourage you to read them out loud together they're going to be on your screen right now there we go following the lord jesus we strive to love all people unconditionally serve our neighbors generously advance god's purposes globally pour into the next generation intentionally and cultivate spiritual growth continuously and last Sunday morning we talked about why we say the Lord Jesus and not simply or only Jesus because with this belief that Jesus was not just a man not just a teacher not just a healer not just a charismatic preacher not just a disruptor not just one who had authority over nature itself but he was also God and he showed himself to be not just the one who saves, but also the one to whom we, with all people and all creation, will one day together bow before. In the inimitable words of C.S. Lewis, which you've heard before from his book, Mere Christianity. I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. I'm ready to accept him as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say, Lewis writes. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. C.S. Lewis, we have concluded, and so we bow, we have concluded that Jesus is Lord. And because Jesus was Lord, and because Jesus is Lord, of heaven and earth and creation and history and all of all of our lives, my life, your life, every aspect, facet, dimension he has our attention he has our attention he has our honor he has our reverence in all things like no other and so that brings us to the scriptures and his words going back months in our study of the gospel of mark we read in chapter one these words as jesus walked beside the sea of galilee he saw simon and simon's brother andrew casting their nets into the lake for they were fishermen Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When Jesus had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, Jesus called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. Jesus. Fast forward to chapter 2 of Mark's gospel. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. And, he, and as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth, because he was a tax collector. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. And so over and over and over again, This is what Jesus said, follow me, and people followed. Follow me, and people followed him. Follow me, and people followed. And because Jesus is Lord, this is what we also do today. This is what we do, this is what we value, this is who we are, this is who we're called to be. Follow Jesus, follow Jesus follow Jesus. And there are a hundred ways to unpack this idea, this call, this dimension of the Christian life. This morning, in the minutes we have, I want to try to do this in four parts. First, heeding Jesus' call. Second, going where Jesus goes. Third, learning from Jesus. And fourth, Becoming like Jesus. And the first, in some ways, is a given. Jesus speaks, we listen. Jesus speaks, we listen. Jesus speaks, we listen. But I'm not sure that all who accept the name Christian today really heed Jesus' call. For some in the church, for some cultural Christians, Jesus is over there, or up there, or back there. And it's like there's this big piece of plexiglass between them and Jesus. They live in the midst of Jesus. They live in a Christian culture. They live and always have in a Christian tradition. They live in a Christian nation, they were born into a Christian family, but they have never heeded or rarely heed Jesus' call. Jesus is over there, I've got him on mute. Just like we put people on mute in different parts and with different technologies in our lives, we mute ourselves on Zoom. For many people, it seems that Jesus is on mute, either consciously or unconsciously. And so the first part of following Jesus is simply heeding his call, acknowledging that Jesus is talking and giving him our attention. When I thought about this, I thought about our new dog. Our family's new dog, we've had Rocky about four months now. He's a stay-at-home, shelter-in-place gift to us. And as we've gotten to know Rocky and he's gotten to know us, I, I thought he would grow in some ways that he really hasn't. And one of those is learning his name and coming when his name is called. But instead, four or five months into our relationship with Rocky, and this is a picture of him last night on our patio at midnight. I'm calling Rocky. I'm saying, come. Come inside. Come with me. Come here. Rocky. 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 And he just has that sort of sits and looks at me kind of look. Can you? I mean, he's got big ears. I know you can hear, brother. Come on. Come on. And there are times when it seems like Rocky does not heed my call. For whatever reason, I have yet to figure it out. Peter and Andrew heeded Jesus' call. James and John heeded Jesus' call. Levi, of all people, heeded Jesus' call. This is the first and necessary thing. For us second is go going where Jesus goes Jesus said follow and Peter and Andrew James John Levi and presumably dozens and hundreds got up and went they left what they were doing they left their parents their work their jobs what was familiar and they moved they went they walked they traveled They began a journey. They began an adventure. But here's the deal, folks. When Jesus said follow, I think that what some of us hear today is subscribe. Because that's often what we do today when we follow. When we follow someone on Twitter, we subscribe to their account and their posts and their posts or their tweets are entered into our newsfeed, entered into our Twitter account. Their posts become something we see. When we follow someone on Instagram, we get to see posts of what they're having for dinner, or their little puppy, or of a sunset. When we follow someone on Facebook, we get to see their favorite memes of Bernie Sanders people used to subscribe to magazines people used to subscribe to the newspaper now people subscribe to podcasts and news aggregators and such but Jesus said follow me and literally meant get up come with me go where I'm going and when Jesus says follow We still may hear things like keep tabs on, stay in touch with as one follows a news story or follows an actor's career or continues to watch something as a situation or story or crisis or tragedy or soap opera unfolds over days, weeks, months, years. We follow things. But Jesus was not looking for that kind of follower. Jesus was not looking for subscribers. Jesus was not looking, asking, calling, inviting Peter, Andrew, James, John, Levi to include Jesus' posts in their personal Twitter accounts. Rather, Jesus was saying, saying, set aside your life, your plans, your schedule, your travel itinerary, your dreams... Your vacations, your dream vacations, now this is getting really personal, and go with me on this adventure. Go where I'm going. And this is important. Jesus was not hitchhiking, saying, may I catch a ride with you wherever you're going. Rather, he was like a bus driver saying, hop on, hop in, come with me, go where I'm going. And this is important because it's in the going of following that our lives begin to change. And this has been the case in my life and in my experience when I look back. When I have followed Jesus to places that I was not necessarily already going on my own or had no plans to visit on my own, to the other side of the tracks, to places of need, to places that were dark, to places that were unfamiliar, to places that were unsettling, to places that were hard, uncomfortable, unfamiliar, even dangerous, then Jesus begins to get us where he wants us and to a place in a context where we are more available, receptive. When we are out of our element, out of our comfort zones, beyond where we are in charge, where we may be less secure, where we have to live by faith and not just with faith, and where we can see more clearly what Jesus was about, what he intends, what he does, the trouble he sometimes gets into, the trouble that he sometimes makes. It's when I follow Jesus to such places, contexts, countries, That I have seen Jesus most clearly, been about his purposes most singularly, as it turns out, as it works out. And the list, as I've thought back yesterday, was interesting. To homes where former prostitutes lived in rehab. To homes for the mentally and physically disabled. To homeless shelter and homeless shelter and homeless shelter to dozens and dozens of cross-cultural, domestic, and international mission trips. Several times when I was younger, I would go out to this long, wide stretch of road on the other side, bad side of San Antonio, on Friday and Saturday evenings with a guy named Travis Johnson who was a house painter by day and an evangelist and servant in his following Jesus by night. And Travis knew these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of teenagers who he had nothing in common with by visiting with them over the course of years, bringing them things that they needed because they lived in houses that didn't provide Being a role model and a father figure to many because their homes did not have any. And in those contexts got to see with Travis what it's like as I watched him follow Jesus to follow Jesus. God is calling us not just to follow Jesus, though, but also to learn from Him, to learn what He is doing, to learn what He is about, to learn the kind of ways that He has lived. The first thing we do is to heed Jesus' call. The second thing we do is to go with Him, to follow Him, to go To the places where he goes. The third thing. Is to learn what Jesus would have us learn. It's not. A surprise that in the gospels. Right after Jesus. Calls disciples to himself. That Jesus teaches. This is the way it is in Mark's gospel. Matthew's gospel. Luke's gospel. Jesus was known by his. Students, by his followers, by his friends, by his family even, as rabbi, teacher. His mission was not just to come along, but his mission was to teach, to educate, to have people learn. And so he calls and he begins to teach. There's healing, there's casting out of demons, but there is a lot of teaching as well. Jesus wants his students to learn, and part of that learning happens because and in they follow him, because they are able to see what Jesus does, because they are able to go to places and learn from him. Students, when they are in high school and college and learning the sciences, get to learn about sciences in labs. In laboratories it was the same way with Jesus he invited his followers into the laboratory of life so that they could see and so that they could practice so that they could watch him listen to him and then do with him what he was wanting them to learn and so the second part of following jesus or the third part is to learn from him to learn from him and then the fourth and final for this morning is to become like him jesus is not interested simply in adherents, in subscribers nor is he only interested in fellow travelers or tourists and nor is he interested in only students he called people to be his students but he was looking for more than people who would get an education he was looking for more than we can translate disciple as student or pupil but he was looking for people who not only learned but also became he was looking for apprentices His intention in inviting people to follow him was not so much information, but transformation. You may know people, you may have experienced people, you may be such a person who over the course of your life has followed Jesus, has learned from Jesus, at least in one's mind, maybe even in one's heart, but never gone beyond that. There are those among us who, whose lives and hearts haven't been transformed along the way. We go to church, we say a prayer, we confess our sin, we write a check. We have learned and we do, but Jesus is intending a more holistic transformation in us and for us. Again, this is from C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity. He writes, Now the whole offer which Christianity makes is this, that we can, if we let God have his way, come to share in the life of Christ. If we do, we shall then be sharing a life which was begotten, not made, which always existed and always will exist. Christ is the Son of God. If we share in this kind of life, we also shall be sons and daughters of God. We shall love the Father as He does, and the Holy Spirit will arise in us. He came to this world and became a man in order to spread to other men the kind of life He has by what I call good infection. Every Christian is to become a little Christ. The whole purpose, Lewis wrote, of becoming a Christian is simply nothing else. To become a little Christ. Not that we become messianic figures, not that we become something great or good to boast in or of, but that we slowly and over the course of time be transformed, be shaped, be modeled by the one whose call we heed whom we follow, whom we learn from, and who we apprentice with. The goal of the Christian life is not so much to get to heaven, but to become more and more like Christ and so experience his reality and fellowship with the Father in this life which Jesus calls his kingdom we have seen christianity that is in name only yes i am a christian but that is not what the scriptures call us to the word christian never appears in the gospels and only three times does it appear in the bible the entire bible at all but rather jesus calls people to follow him he calls them to be His disciples, to come to Him and become like Him, being transformed through being in His presence, by being attentive, and by actively walking, as Peter later wrote, in His steps. There's a rabbinic blessing in Jewish culture that went like this. May you be covered with the dust of your rabbi. May you be covered with the dust of your rabbi. And that was a blessing because if one had a rabbi, rabbi that one was privileged to learn from, that person followed so closely in their rabbi's steps, not just physically, but also in becoming like that rabbi, that they would literally get the dust of their rabbi. On their feet, on their clothes. So close was that walking. So close and important was that becoming. The goal of discipleship, the goal of following Jesus, and it is a reachable goal, an attainable goal by the grace of God, is to become like Jesus himself, to think as he thought, to feel as he felt, to desire what he desired. To do what he did, to live as he lived. Nothing less. Therefore, following the Lord Jesus, we strive to love all people unconditionally, serve our neighbors, our neighborhood, our community generously advance god's purposes locally yes but also globally as walter talked about pour into the next generation intentionally and cultivate the spirit within us the spirit with a capital s within us and one another continuously to such jesus invites us to such a life we are called And such a life is available and accessible because Jesus has come and so also his kingdom. Let's pray. God, as we kneel before you, bow before you, maybe even kneel before you, We submit ourselves to you because you are Lord. We submit ourselves to you because you are trustworthy. We offer ourselves to you because you are good. You have come to us in love and loved us before we were able to love you. Help us to respond to your grace, to your mercy, to your power, to your invitation. To follow, to walk in your steps, to strive. And then to love, serve, advance, pour out and into, and cultivate within ourselves and one another, that your kingdom might come and that your will be done in our lives and on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.